0: The download is complete.
1: Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury.
2: Welcome to the tenth AV Forums podcast. In this episode, we bring you the latest home cinema, DVD, and gaming news. Reviews of Training Day on HD DVD. Ultraviolet on DVD and for gamers Titan Quest for the PC. And we don our pith helmets and venture out into the trenches to get the latest opinions on the state of the HD DVD versus
1: Blu-ray format war. This week's audio visual news.
2: Somehow we managed to get through our entire last podcast without mentioning Sky's new high definition service, so an update of sorts is overdue. Regular listeners may remember that in podcast 8 we referred to the problems between 6th generation Pioneer Plasma TVs and Sky's new HD receiver. Problems which range from the receiver suddenly believing the TV's HDMI jack isn't HDCP enabled the receiver seemingly blowing a circuit in the external multimedia boxes supplied with Pioneer's XDE and FDE models. Pioneer still confirms these problems, but stands by its belief that other manufacturers must be having the same problems too. However, this isn't necessarily borne out by the experience of the public at large. Forum posts in the last two weeks discussing failures of other TV brands with the Skybox are too isolated for us to discern a general problem with other brands while reports of Pioneer problems continue. That said, we've had Sky installers tell us they've experienced multiple occurrences of the Skybox wreaking havoc on Goodman's LCD TVs as well. Goodman's denies knowledge of such problems, but is at least keen to know more. So if you're a Goodman's TV owner who's experienced an issue with the Sky HD box, we'd love to hear from you via avdoctor at avforums.com. We've been asking Sky for an official response for a while now and they've been in touch saying that they'll be posting on the forums. They may have already done so by the time this goes out. We're not implying by the way that everything being reported is Sky's fault. For the sheer wealth of HDMI related problems being reported generally with some TVs and projectors suggests that there are perhaps some fairly major issues related to the HDMI technology as a whole. For instance, we've had a number of cable manufacturers comment to us that they're finding it very difficult to construct a high-quality HDMI cable that doesn't put too much strain on the flimsy HDMI socket. And we've got first-hand experience of baggy HDMI sockets that only hold the HDMI plug very loosely. The recent experience of our friends over at Home Cinema Choice and Watt Video Magazines also suggests that various problems are rife ...with a digital handshake that has to take place between HDMI connected kit. Perhaps because of the large number of different HDMI standards now on the market. Whatever the reasons for all the HDMI glitches though, one thing seems certain. The arrival of the digital connection age seems to be far from stress free. Come back Scott, all is forgiven. Anyway, that's quite enough doom and gloom for this podcast. Let's look at something a whole lot more positive in the shape of a new, highly affordable 55-inch plasma TV from Itachi. Costing just £3,500, around the same as most 50-inch plasmas, the 55PD9700 is an HD-ready set boasting a native resolution of 1366 by 768 a built-in digital tuner and Hitachi's picture master processing system for boosting colours, fine detail and noise reduction. There's even an SD card slot for direct playback of digital photos and movie files and a USB slot for connecting a multi-memory card reader for all other types of memory card. The Hitachi is due to go on sale in the UK in late July and, as if it didn't already sound attractive enough, Hitachi tells us that anyone who buys one from a Hitachi-registered authorised independent dealer before the end of September will get a four-year guarantee thrown in for free. We wrap up this podcast with news of yet another almost frightening triumph in the world of miniaturisation. Toshiba has announced that it intends to ship its new micro SD memory cards globally from July. The cards are, amazingly, only around a quarter of the size of the already tiny mini-SD card format, yet deliver similar sorts of storage capacity. Our only concern is that Toshiba haven't produced any instructions for how you're going to carry such tiny cards around without losing them. Also due from Toshiba in September will be its first SDHC cards, which immediately up the capacity of SD cards to 2GB, with a phenomenal 32GB card promised for the near future that's it for now but tune in next time when we'll be bringing you the lowdown on Pioneer's brand new generation of plasma TVs
3: do you want to leave comments about the AV forums podcast is this a trick question are you sick of typing away in the feedback forum hey I've had it up to here with this place well why not use the new AV forums interactive answer service to leave your comments and suggestions Just dial the number 0208 123 9587 Listen to me very carefully Listen to the instructions and then wait for the beep Now just tell us your name and leave your comments It's easy I don't know If you made a mistake, don't worry We say what you got wrong and we'll fix it later on Then, just hang up Please, continue so what are you waiting for? Dial the number 0208-123-9587 and leave your feedback, suggestions, comments, and questions. It's so beautiful. The AV Forum's interactive podcast feature. Why not
1: use it now? The AV Forum. AV Forum. DVD News and Review Roundup with Phil Hinton. In Region
3: 1 DVD news, we've just learnt that Mission Impossible 3 and X-Men 3 are both rumoured to receive release dates in October. As you can imagine, this is great news, and as we get more details on these discs, you'll be the first to know. Battlestar Galactica fans can rejoice with the news that Season 2.5 will debut on Region 1 DVD on the 19th of September, just in time for the third season launch on the Sci-Fi Channel. Extras are yet to be confirmed, but the remaining episodes of Season 2 will be presented in 178-to-1 anamorphic widescreen with Dolby Digital Sound. Straight to DVD seems to be popular at the moment, with The Plague being the latest victim. Produced by the legend that is Clive Barker, this DVD will contain a super-wide 240-to-1 transfer and Dolby 5.1 sound, along with a host of extras, and director Kevin Smith, let some rather big news slip whilst in a recent radio promotional stop. Clax 2 will be released on Region 1 DVD on the 5th of December. Nothing else is known about the DVD at this time, even the cover art is subject to interpretation as the film is yet to hit theatres. Fans however can rejoice that the latest exploits will be on the silver disc in time for Christmas. In Region 2, DVD-news Denzel Washington thriller Inside Man will hit UK DVD on the 31st of July. This slick heist film is directed by Spike Lee and features a stellar cast including Oscar winners and nominees Jodie Foster and Clive Owen. The disco feature usual anamorphic picture and 5.1 sound specs, although no extras have been announced. Disney-produced Computer Animation The Wild will hit UK Region 2 on the 18th of September. Voiced by 24's Keith Sutherland, the film follows a lion cub accidentally shipped back to the wild from his home at the zoo. There are no details announced yet for the disc specs. And finally, we can all avoid our DVD retailers on the 14th of August when Scary Movie 4 is released on UK DVD. The scary movie franchise is directed by David Zucker and stars series regular Anna Fenris as they spoof The Village, The Grudge, War of the Worlds, Saw, Million Dollar Baby and Brokeback Mountain to name but a few. How this series ever got to a fourth movie is anybody's guess. And that's your DVD news for this edition. The AV Forums Podcast Gaming
2: News Fans of Call of Duty 2 for the Xbox 360 will be happy to hear that Activision released the Invasion Map Pack on the 29th of June. For 800 Microsoft points, the Map Pack will give players a total of five maps, three in France, one in Egypt, and one in Russia. Infinity Ward studio head Grant Collier said that the variety of diverse new environments will provide hours of multiplayer action. So head on to the marketplace and grab it while it's hot. PSP fans who want wrestling action but were disappointed with WWE Smackdown should look out for Def Jam Fight for New York, The Takeover, from the 21st of July. Featuring the obligatory story mode, as well as Wi-Fi battles, the game contains over 40 characters, from Buster Rhymes and Redman to Carmen Electra and Lil' Kim. As well as 24 combat arenas, 5 fight styles and the ever-present Create a Fighter feature. However, this title isn't for young gamers, as it carries an 18 certificate. Another classic is set to make a comeback in August, this time on the DS. Star Fox, the classic Nintendo game that kept me awake for hours, what was it, five, six years ago, arrives late August this year, currently under the name of Star Fox DS. With up to eight players via local wireless, or four players via Nintendo Wi-Fi, the 3D shoot-em-up should appeal to old-school, that's me, and new gamers alike, with its unique, branching storyline. One of the interesting functions of the game is that players will be able to use the touchscreen to draw the routes that they and their teammates will take as they advance through the action. August the 28th is the release date. So put that one in your diary. Finally, fans of the PC-based Call of Cthulhu, released earlier this year, will be thrilled to hear of a sequel coming in September, Destiny's End, which will also appear on Xbox and PlayStation 2, features fast-paced action gameplay and has co-op fully enabled, allowing you to share in the terror with a friend. Not a huge amount is known about this title, but the early buzz seems to indicate that it will be visually impressive with the PS2 graphics having to be seen to be believed. Not only that, but it's rumoured to have a distinctive Resident Evil 4 feel. So fans of that series should look out for Cthulhu in September.
1: You're listening listening. listening. to the A.V. Forums podcast. This week's DVD reviews.
2: They build jails because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation. You got today and today only to show
4: me who and what you're made of. You hear me? it. that's what i'm talking about first day on the job you hit a three million dollar seizure
1: police officer get away
4: from the girl no 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 we're not racking up arrests today
3: you let him go
1: what more you want i want
4: justice
2: right?
1: is that not I mean, justice that's street justice what's wrong with street
2: justice oh uh, just let the animals wipe themselves out god willing you can't be like this
4: open your eyes
5: can't you see police we got a search warrant
2: you ain't no police
3: Training Day may not be the most current movie to come out, but it did debut on HD DVD recently. The story revolves around a young rookie cop, played by Ethan Hawke, who starts his first day as a narcotics officer with Alonzo, a veteran played by Denzel Washington. What then ensues is a most unusual 24 hours, where Alonso's methods are not only debatable, they are also highly unethical, which causes a conflict between the two officers. I'm sure most people know this story, but I have to say that this is great until the third act, where it becomes totally unbelievable. It's one of those movies that just went far too far with plausibility, and became almost a parody of a gritty drama, which is what it had been for the first 70 minutes. Still, Denzel is highly watchable and Hawke is better here than in Taking Lives, which was the last movie I saw him in. From a technical view, this has a superb transfer, which shows off the HD format very well compared to other titles. There's no grain and the colours are wonderfully warm, especially during the opening scenes as the sun rises. Audio-wise, it has a Dolby True HD soundtrack, which when played back seems warmer and a touch more open sounding than the Dolby Digital Plus one. But both are reasonably engaging. Shame then that the latter of the movie lets the whole thing down, as up until then it was riveting. The movie scores 6 out of 10.
1: This week's DVD Reviews.
0: Born into a world you may not understand. May not understand, may not understand. When we start at the beginning. Everything changed when a government lab discovered a virus that caused genetic mutation. They used it to create faster and stronger soldiers.
4: The problem was, we became a threat. I want them hunted down and killed.
1: Get on the ground! your
3: knees! We've managed to eradicate almost all of, them. all
4: of them. Those of us that survived extinction.
3: Ultraviolet is a comic book-esque movie starring Mila Jovovich of Resident Evil fame. Here she plays the part of Violet, a necrophage who steals a package not knowing it contains a young boy. Chaos ensues as Violet is chased with much shooting action and CGI occurring on screen. In terms of a movie, this is poor. The first half is quite unrelenting in its action sequences, but there isn't much in the way of plot, and it soon becomes a very tiring watch. The CGI is poorly implemented, with it looking like a poor man's sky captain in its best moments and an arcade in its worst. And the acting isn't particularly great either, although Miller is very easy on the eye, and as seems to be a trademark these days, she gets a kit off. But in terms of an actual DVD, this is superb stuff. The soundtrack is aggressive and lively, and the image is simply superb. In fact, it made me wonder how the Blu-ray version could better it. It's simply exquisite with its bold colours and sharp picture. But mutton dressed as lamb is still mutton, and for all the bravado, it is merely a damp squib at best. The movie scores 2 out of 10.
1: The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums podcast. Before the light
3: of the gods entered the world, there was only darkness ruled by Titans. After an epic war, Zeus seized the heavens and exiled the Titans, seeking to imprison them for all eternity. The lands were cleansed and
1: mortals flourished. But arrogance precedes many a fall. And even a god's prison may be breached.
2: Titan Quest from Iron Law Games brings back an air of nostalgia to the PC. Billed as a single-player RPG, this is as close a rip-off of the classic Diablo series as we've seen for quite some time. Although the introduction is clearly from Greek mythology, the game will have players travelling through Greece, Egypt, China and Babylon. The storyline follows the Titans, who have gone a bit loopy and driven the inhabitants of the planet insane as well. So as the hero, you stomp around the planet, killing everything in your path to restore order. Gameplay wise, it is Diablo. You run along, spot a monster and then click it to death. However, when you get to level 2, you can start to adapt your character by choosing a particular mastery from a selection of 8. This does give the game a little more depth, but to be honest, we can't shake the feeling of having seen it all before. Graphically, we were disappointed with this title. With an Nvidia 7900 graphics card running at 1024x768, we found the scrolling to be quite jerky. The game might play well, but the juddering is very off-putting. In terms of the audio, it's average, doing enough to draw you in, but not enough to be astonishing. In terms of playability, there is some depth, and there's plenty to keep players busy, more so in multiplayer mode. But be warned, it's possible to never meet any of the other players on your travels. There's also a map creator for added mod-based play. Overall, Titan Quest is a solid enough title, but old-school gamers will recognise most of it as coming from other games. It's not necessarily going to set the gaming world alight, but it might find a niche fan base over time. So, six out of ten.
1: The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums podcast.
2: So, our high-definition future is due to arrive this year. HD DVD has already launched and has received mixed reviews on the titles and machines that have been released so far. Sony's Blu-ray, after many delays, has also been announced as being available from the end of June. But at this stage, only one player, the Samsung BD-P1000, has been released, and to a very mixed bag of reviews. Sony and Pioneer have both failed at this time to launch hardware. Toshiba are the main player in the HD-DVD camp, a format which has the official DVD forum backing, and which uses existing production plants, albeit modified slightly, to produce the software. It's backwards compatible with existing DVD technology as well as offering 1080p video and HD sound formats for movies and huge storage capacity for data. HDVD allows for hybrid discs where the DVD version of the movie is available on one side of the disc and the HD version on the other. This enables consumers to buy into HD DVD software now with a view to upgrading their equipment in the future and then being able to use the HD DVD version. Paramount, Universal and Warner Brothers are the main studios supporting the format in the US, as well as Microsoft, who support the data storage and movie-based formatted discs. Right now, HD-DVD is available in Japan and the US, and many home cinema enthusiasts in the UK have taken the time to import the new format. It's a cheap format to produce, and the average pricing at this moment in time is less than $400 for a standard machine and around $30 a disc, which is comparative with DVD. So when will the first HD DVD player be available in Europe, and what kind of rollout will it receive? Olivier von Weinendahl from Toshiba Europe may well have an answer for us.
0: Yeah, we're planning to launch HD DVD players in the UK in uh, quarter four of this year. I can't give you more specific details for the time being as an official uh, launch that will be uh, released at ESA uh, Euro 6 in Berlin in September. Players so, should be available uh, in most uh, consumer electronics shops uh, throughout the UK. Discussions are currently underway with uh, most of the large consumer electronics retailers, so I can't tell you now. It will depend on the results of the discussion which are being held uh, during the summer.
2: So a quarter four release date to be announced at E4 in Berlin. Players available in most major retailers on launch with training programs starting in the summer and Europe wide promotions. It looks like Toshiba mean business in Europe with their HD DVD launch. Now to Blu-ray. Blu-ray is a format not supported by the DVD forum. It's never been put before them for approval. The technology is developed by Sony and is supported by some major studios such as Sony Pictures, MGM, 20th Century Fox, Walt Disney and around six other studios. Blu-ray technology is not compatible with HD DVD as it offers higher storage space by introducing a new laser pickup system. However, the end goal, movie-wise, is exactly the same as HD DVD, to produce 1080p video and HD sound. So with two differing formats, each going their own way, with various film studios either supporting one format or another, it all seems like a bit of a mess. We had similar problems recently with the two high-definition music formats, SACD and DVD-A. So is this just part two of the same story? Are the HD disc formats doomed already? And what do the public think? AV Forum's member Martin Kearney seems to think that there are links to the high-def music format's poor take-up with what is possibly in store for HD, DVD and Blu-ray.
4: I fear that HD, DVD and Blu-ray will go the same way as DVD, audio and SACD. To enlarge on that, I honestly believe that both of them are streets ahead of ordinary CD, but have not even started to make our noise into the market. A lot of people, like myself, remember the VHS versus Betamax scenario, And don't want stuck in the middle of another format war. I reckon that the new HD formats will go the same way and really wish that the manufacturers would stop sticking their heads in the sand and see that they are jeopardising the uptake of high-def video. Get together please and come out with a common format. After all, they did see sense before launching DVD and look at the resounding success that has been.
2: So has Martin hit the nail on the head or are the formats going to be expensive niche products? AV Forums member, Orel
4: I'd have to disagree with the
5: first comment. Although DVD Audio and Super Audio C D are undoubtedly far superior to standard C D format, the comparison between them and HD video is flawed. The two competing five point one audio formats are both great ideas on paper, but most people like to enjoy music in all manner of different environments almost none of which involved being seated in the middle of a 5.1 surround sound setup. The two competing HD formats are now almost identical on paper. HD DVD was first to market with players half the price of Blu-ray release players of the same spec. Cost is still a major deciding factor these days. One look at the John Lewis price match table will show you that, and I honestly cannot see consumers paying $1,000 for something they can get for $500 elsewhere. HD discs are here to stay but only time will tell which
2: one. There are comparisons to draw with SACD and DVD-A, but maybe not to the extent that Martin suggests. But that still means we have two formats, and does anyone want to buy into a technology that will become the runner-up? So HD-DVD is a reality. It's available now, and looking at the AV forums, many are enjoying the technology. So is it a foregone conclusion that HD-DVD will win? After all, it's cheap, Steve May, editor of Home Cinema Choice magazine, shares his thoughts.
4: HD DVD or Blu-ray? I think if that question had been asked two months ago, most pundits would have said Blu-ray had the advantage. Today I think things are rather different. The negative reaction to both the Samsung player and the first wave of Blu-ray software has swung the advantage to HD DVD. Of the two systems I've always been more convinced by HD DVD it just struck me as a real proposition and that hasn't changed. From the outset Blu-ray has set itself out to be more revolutionary. Unfortunately the Samsung BDP 1000 is not a revolutionary player at all. It's not a bad bit of kit, it's just a bit ordinary, which is exactly what those who'd bought into the whole Blu-ray hype hoped it wouldn't be. If I had to back a winner it would still be HD DVD. Don't get me wrong, I think Blu-ray is a great format for games. I'm looking forward to my PS3.
2: So why not employ a multi-format player, one which will play both HD DVD and Blu-ray? Nicholas Babin from Sony Europe.
0: I don't think so. We tried, we really did try. Um, the two technologies are so different in terms of structural of the disc. The structure is so different with HD DVD using a different um, uh, for Blu-ray 0.1 millimeter for DVD so 0.5 mm it, it's too different so at this really I don't see Sony doing that No, and at least not from Sony here I'm talking on behalf of Sony I don't know what you know our partners in the Blu-ray disc association will do but as far as Sony is concerned
2: probably not so it looks like there will be no combo players from Sony or Toshiba so what will other manufacturers do with the differing formats? We asked Roger Batchelor from Denon if they consider releasing a multi-format player.
5: Well, um, in, we are looking at the possibilities of, um, of universal players, uh, but it's only really at the discussion point at this time and whether, you know, the technical feasibility uh, of that kind of thing, but that's very much in, in the longer term. Um, At this point in time, uh, we'll not be at the forefront of uh, either Blu-ray or HD DVD.
2: So will all this change forum members' opinions? Do they still feel there's room for an HD disc format, or will they stay with DVD? Andrew Thompson.
0: I don't think a new format at this time is warranted. I think when DVD came along, obviously it only had tape format, so it was the leap it was waiting for. Other things about Blu-ray is, is obviously the, the expense of it. It's very divided down the middle. Obviously, you've got two companies controlling two different formats. It's taken consumer choice away because you need two players, you know, to get uh, uh, the library you want. Whereas with DVD at the moment, you know, you're accessible
5: to every every movie that's available on it.
2: So price is important, as is the support of studios for either format. It's well known that some of the majors don't support HD DVD just yet, but we may well see different releases available in Europe because of differing distribution rights in companies. And that's one area that has yet to be explored in this format war, with the likelihood that some titles only available on Blu-ray in the US may very well appear on HD DVD in Europe. Good news, we think. Mike Regan, who frequents the HD and Blu-ray forums, thinks that price will determine the outcome of this war.
5: I think the economics of the um, story is what will drive the winner. If you look at HD DVD, uh, it can be produced on the same plant as the um, standard DVDs and there's also the option of having hybrid SD and uh, HD DVDs on a single disc. So from the manufacturer's point of view, they don't have to make huge extra investments and single discs on the shelves of the shops can do both jobs. The argument, I suspect, will be that Blu-ray is technically superior, um, can store more data, but really you've just got to think Beta Max versus VHS. It's cheapness, and um, the one that gets the volume out there is the one that tends to win. I just can't see that Blu-ray has the killer application to make people want
2: to buy it uh, rather than HD DVD. Nicholas Babin from Sony Europe.
0: Well, that's that's very easy. Blu-ray has the momentum of having over 170 companies that have agreed to use the Blu-ray format. So either you want to buy a PC, um, and then you will go for a Dell, or an Apple, or a Sony, or a Panasonic product, they will be Blu-ray. If you want to buy a consumer electronics product, again, you know, there will be, I don't know how many, versus one for HD DVD. Um, if you want to watch movies, there will be four studios, of the main studios out of five, uh, issuing movies in in uh, in uh, in Blu-ray. You know, so I think people will arrive, will see first more availability in the shops. Um, they'll see more space and they'll see easier to use products. So I think that's why they'll go for for Blu-ray, and that's why over 170 companies have signed with the Blu-ray Disc Association.
3: Toshiba
2: are confident that the DVD name is well known, and HD DVD will allow the consumer to make the transition to high-definition DVD fairly painlessly. We asked Nicholas if he thought the name HD DVD was a clever move by Toshiba, and how he thought Sony would counter that.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely correct. HD DVD was a very smart, uh, very smart move. Blu-ray... The reason why we use Blu-ray is because we were the first one to use a Blu-ray laser. Um, and that's why but I think you know more and more again, you know, it's the shop will make the difference. Um, and so when people enter a shop and they see all all the high definition products, uh, they will see that with Blu-ray they have many, many more options um, rather than going for an HD DVD where they have one player basically.
2: So would consumers end up being confused with two formats to choose from?
0: Um, I agree that the ideal situation would have been to have one format and we did try really hard on that. Um, I think people will understand that high definition is coming. I think unfortunately people are used to uh, these things in terms of the market before you had Betamax versus VHS. Uh, DVD was great because we were able to have one standard, uh, but when you can see with the music and, you know, uh, the iPod using AAC um, and uh, others using MP3 and everything, so I think people are starting to get used to it. So I agree that the best situation would have been to have one standard, but unfortunately uh, we couldn't do that. So. You know, we'll, the market and the public will decide basically.
2: So it appears that this subject is well and truly splitting the AV Forum's members into three distinct camps those for HD DVD, those for Blu ray, and those who don't really know what they're for. And that could be the biggest problem. It seems that because you need an HD ready screen and eventually new decoders in AV amps and receivers for the new HD sound formats, people are maybe not readily inclined to spend the kind of money needed to upgrade just yet. Roger Batchelor from Denon even argues that the technology available on their DVD players for upscaling your existing DVD collections is the way forward for the time being. But then he would, wouldn't he?
5: Well, of course, it's a shame that um, there we have this uh, conflicting situation between two formats. Um, so we're following it very closely. Our engineers are... Following it very very closely, we have options to produce either or both formats, and obviously they'll be looking at the various options with, you know, the possibilities, shall we say, of universal players in the longer term. But in the shorter term, um, our policy is going to be to pursue the best possible performance from the current format. Uh, using the technologies that we have in our, in our players at even lower price points this year. Uh, bearing in mind, of course, people have got large libraries of uh, of existing disks and many, many disks being released every, on a weekly basis. So it's going to take a while, of course, for the new formats to, to grow in terms of the software availability. Um, what we're in fact doing is is launching new models uh, with the HQV uh, technology uh, built in, the, the the Denon pixel image correction circuitry. Um, the silicon optics processing uh, to get the very best quality from existing DVDs. Bearing in mind, of course, that a lot of the titles that um, are coming out now, movies and also quite a number of music titles, are being shot with high-def cameras. And when you play those uh, those discs back in something like our flagship player at the moment, um, you can get stunningly good results to the point where people have often thought that it is high-def that they're seeing. So we're going to continue in that path for the foreseeable future. And then, of course, uh, later on this year, this time next year, we'll be in a better position to to say how the new formats will be shaping up from a commercial point of view.
2: This has been our first look at the fast-approaching HD disk war, which looks like it may continue for some time to come. The fact there is a format war itself may even kill off HD, DVD and Blu-ray before the first shots are even fired, as people may instead turn to HD broadcasts and internet downloads to fill their HD yearnings. It's also your opportunity to tell us what you think and have your opinions featured in future podcasts. Just call 0208 123 9587 and follow the instructions carefully. This is your podcast, and your opinions may well help change the way manufacturers go about their business. Don't forget the number, 0208 123 9587. We'll have more on the HD DVD versus Blu-ray debate soon, and we'll also take a look at the past format war, VHS
1: versus Betamax, to see if there are any parallels. Stay tuned. Contact the AV Forums podcast. Email podcast at avforums.com. If you'd like to leave us feedback on any item within the
2: podcast or just add your views on the topics featured, then please make use of our feedback forum at www.avforums.com or take advantage of our new interactive feedback feature. Just call 0208 123 9587 and leave your comments on the answer machine. Who knows, you may even hear yourself on the next podcast. And that wraps up the 10th AV Forums podcast. This is Jason Bradbury saying, Thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And tell your friends.
1: The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton, with gaming news written by Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton, and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.